journey into the Citadel, where our pastor is Superintendent Johnson A. Bevan III. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Good morning, everyone. God bless on this wonderful Sunday. Welcome to Citadel Cyber Church. I'm so glad you're here with us. This is Sunday, March the 14th. And I'm certainly glad to be with you all and certainly glad to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. For where two or three are gathered together, the Lord is in the midst of us. And so we are together. All right. We may not be physically joined together uh, in a local locality, a physical locality, a location, but we are together by way of this tremendous media of technology. And uh, so we're certainly glad that you're here with us today. I see that some of you are coming on. Just let me know that you're here. I see you there. And uh, go ahead and start a watch party if you'd like and um, uh, share with your friends and and family so they also can share in uh, our feasting on the word of the Lord. Certainly glad that we have some also who are on our conference line and uh, we're glad and we welcome you here as well today. And uh, we certainly love to connect with you, be a support to you and uh, even to pray with you, especially if this is your first time being with us uh, on this medium here and uh, or just being here with us at all. And to connect with us, please text. All right. I know you've got your phones there. You can see the ticker uh, on the bottom of the screen there to text seven, six, seven, six, two, three, one, seven. Six seven six zero one three four. Again, text seven six seven six two three one seven six seven six zero one three four, and you'll receive a reply text with a link in it uh, to our digital connect card. And just simply tap that link. It takes less than thirty seconds to complete the digital connect card. And in the comment section, let us know if this is your first time being with us. Let us know first time guest. Just type that in in the comment section on the digital connect card. If you have a prayer request, you can type that prayer request in there. Or if you would just like to become a part of our online church community, just type in the comment section, online church. And so we welcome you today and we want to be a strength and a support to you as well. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayers. We would move forward in looking at the word of God. Again, Father, we thank you for this Lord's day that you have blessed us to see and to be a part of. And it's the day that we've come together to worship you in spirit and in truth. And we come before you, God, in this medium or through this medium of technology and social media. And God, we know that uh, this does not uh, eliminate uh, your ability to move in the lives of people. Uh, This technology, this format, This platform does not uh, dissuade anyone from being able to uh, apprehend and appropriate the promises of your word. And so, Father, we invite you in this morning with us on this particular moment in session, and especially even for those who may watch later on, that God, you would invade their lives and that the principles and the truth that we are learning from your word would take deep root in our lives and our hearts and would help us, God, in being successful and victorious in our life. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, by whose blood we are saved, redeemed, and delivered. 
by whose blood our sins have been washed away. You've cleansed us from all unrighteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's also by his blood that we've been able to come before you, Father, right now, to call you Abba, Father, to come before your presence, to come before your throne of grace, to enter God into your presence because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we have a free, we have free access to come before you, God because of who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us. And so we thank you, God, for the blood, the blood that saves, the blood that heals, and the blood that delivers. And so, Father, we pray even now that your Holy Spirit would be with us as we would endeavor to attend to your word, to learn more of its truth, to apply it to our lives. In Jesus's name, amen. Uh, we have been dealing with a series on the subject matter of confronting gigantic challenges, confronting gigantic challenges. I see you there, Brother Greg Wright. Good to see you, man. Glad to have you with us today. There's so many others see that are, that are, that are on with us. Uh, and, it, and we've been coming from 1 Samuel chapter 17. And uh, the key uh, we've been finding out in dealing with gigantic challenges is knowing how to respond to them. And in the story here, 1 Samuel chapter 17, to respond not like uh, King Saul and the Israelite army, but rather to take a look as we have turning our attention to David, to see David's approach and response to extract some insight and some principles to help guide us uh, when facing a fierce foe or confronted with some challenges and struggles in life. And just quickly here again, I, I go back through these sometimes because our memory, all right, has lapses in it. And, and there may be persons who are new coming on and just being with us in this series. So I just want to briefly uh, give a, a synopsis of the principles we've already covered and then move forward on today. But in this um, passage in this gospel of this uh, uh, book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, one insight, the first insight was from chapter 17, verse 25 and 26. And it was the, it's important to recognize the reality of what you see and hear, and that we have to recognize who is who and what is what. And we're able to do this by having a theological perspective on the situation. And I know sometimes when you're in the middle of something, it's hard to think about something theologically. All you want to do is say, Lord, help me. Jesus, save me. But we have to have a theological perspective on the situation. And in other words, we have to see and hear through the spiritual lens and the microphone of God, as opposed to seeing things through the human lens and listening to the megaphone of man. So that was one insight. Second insider principle uh, is from the confrontation between David and his oldest brother, Eliab, in uh, verses 28 through 30. And the second principle is this. You have to realize that family may think they know you, yet not know God's plan for you. All right. Family may think they know and understand everything about us. But at the same time, they often unknowingly underscore who we are because they are unaware of what God is doing with us. And sometimes what God is doing with you, even in the midst of your family, and they can see what is happening, but they don't see what God is really doing and that God may be positioning you to transition you for something new. 
And so uh, that's the second insight. The third insight or principle is we have to resolve to face the challenge. The third principle or insight, we have to resolve to face the challenge. And, and we have to make a definite, a serious decision to do something. And so from the very beginning, a snippet of the conversation that takes place between David and King Saul in verses 32 and 33, there are two distinct challenges we have to resolve to confront. And the first challenge is always against the overwhelming odds. And at first sight, it appears that the giant Goliath is the overwhelming challenge, but lurking behind Goliath is the real restraining challenge that must be tackled first. And that's fear. We find that in the first uh, part of verse 32. And in dismantling fear, we determine that it takes courage, all right? It takes courage to dismantle fear, and courage is simply having some boldness. But there's also another challenge that we have to resolve to face sometimes, and that is against people's incredulity of our ability or capability. You may be confronted with people's skepticism, they may have doubts about you. David was confronted with Saul's reservation and doubt of his ability in this situation. And also Saul was not convinced that David had what it took, that David was not capable to get the job done when he said, I'll go and fight this Philistine. Saul doubted David's physical ability and he doubted David's skill and capability to get the job done. But whereas David saw this contest between he and the Philistine, an easy match, Saul saw this contest as a mismatch. And so what we see from David is that what's needed when you're confronted with people's skepticism of your ability and capability, you need confidence. And confidence is the inner perception of your ability to do something or being able to deal with a specific job and having the capability to fulfill that particular role or job. So confidence is just being sure of your ability. It says, I know I'm able. And being confident is knowing that you can handle something. It says, I can handle this. And so you have to have confidence in yourself when others may not have confidence in you. You've got to believe in yourself when others don't believe in you. And so sometimes you have to ignore what others think of you. You might want to write that down. We, I didn't say that in that way before, but sometimes you have to ignore what others think of you. Now today we want to dig a little deeper into this concept of confidence, all right? And specifically, uh, where did this confidence that David had, where did it come from? All right. So we want to continue in our conversation here with David and Saul uh, to take a look and try to figure out exactly where did this confidence come from that David had. We're going to pick up uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, reading verses 34 through 37. All right. And it reads like this. I'm reading out of the King James Version. And David said unto Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear. Well, let me go back to verse 33. This is what Saul said to David, so you get that. And Saul said to David in verse 33, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. 
and he, a man of war from his youth. And so he was had some doubts about David's physical ability, and he had some doubts about David's skill, his proficiency, his capability to fight up against the Philistine. And here's what David said again. David said unto Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, or a lion or a bear, and took out took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Your servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with you. Wow, that's a powerful, powerful, powerful aspect of this conversation here. Now, what we're going to deal with here today, I just want to, first of all, as we discuss this matter about confidence, I want to, uh, first of all, state that I am not a psychologist, all right? I am not a psychologist, but I just want to share some things with you here. I think fundamentally, first of all, confidence begins within, all right? Confidence begins within. Let me know you're still with me here. Confidence begins within. It starts with self-esteem, believing in yourself. And believing in yourself, believe it or not, is a choice that you have to make. It is your attitude about you. Confidence is your attitude about you. And so confidence, first of all, begins within. Now, this attitude is developed over time. Now, the, this primary level of confidence really comes from and is developed and is shaped from our environment by our childhood experiences, all right? Just growing up, having supportive and encouraging parents and other adult figures really is a means of positive conditioning, all right? I'm thankful for uh, my heredity, my uh, environment in which I grew up in, uh, the parents that I had, the extended family that I had. Everybody may not have what I had and had to work through some other kind of issues. Uh, but having supportive and encouraging parents and family, uh, that helps build us up, for they see the best in us and, and supporting parents instill how we ought to positively view ourselves, especially when we may fail or fall, fall short of something or in something. And yet conversely, if limiting beliefs or uh, negative conditioning beliefs are imposed upon us, sometimes in how we're talked to, all right, and how we are put down, uh, that we're nobody, that you can't do anything. You ain't going nowhere. That may be just how it comes out. They might even uh, choose another or select a few other choice words, all right, that are a bit more heart grieving and painful uh, than that. But limiting beliefs and negative conditioning beliefs that are imposed upon us, they that those things can destroy confidence, all right? 
unless again we choose to believe differently about ourselves and so the attitude you have about you some things are imposed upon you some things are instilled upon you and some things that are of a negative nature sometimes they get such a tough a heavy hold upon us it's tough for for us to break through and those kinds of things but as time goes on we have to believe differently about ourselves all right you have to make a choice to whether or not i am going to be somebody or i can't be somebody and that choice is up to us now here's a story a couple of a story of a couple of altar boys that i get from charles lever and uh, sort of helps to illustrate this point uh, again, that confidence begins within, and often it is in our environment, all right, our childhood experiences that sort of uh, shape uh, the uh, level of confidence that we have. Uh, the first one is a, is a young boy. His name was Yusuf Rose. And those of you that understand political history know uh, world history of political leaders or someone, that name may come to you. But he was uh, in Croatia, Croatia. Croatia, rather, excuse me. And he served uh, as an altar boy who served the priest serving uh, in the high mass. And one Sunday, uh, Bros accidentally dropped a glass bottle of wine. They call it a cruet. All right. He dropped that bottle of wine during the middle of the church service. It smashed into pieces with wine spraying in all directions everywhere. You can imagine what that looked like, all right? And I'm sure uh, the things that the altar boy had on and possibly on the priest did look pretty as well. So the priest uh, struck bro bros on the cheek, all right? And in a rough, forbidding tone said out loud, leave the altar and never come back. Leave the altar and never come back. This was a public embarrassment and humiliation that dramatically impacted bros. And taking the uh, angry words of the priest at heart, you can imagine being a young boy, eight, nine years old, seven, eight, nine years, probably eight, nine, 10 years old, that could have a major impact on your, your emotions and, and about yourself. And so as a result of this experience, bros never participated in a religious service again for as long as he lived. He did go on to uh, make great achievements because uh, even though this boy boyhood experience eroded his confidence in the church, he later became the dictator of Yugoslavia, all right? So he, he went into something else, all right? But his attitude about him as a young boy and just it just destroyed any kind of relationship with organized religion. The second altar boy was uh, a young boy in Peoria, Illinois, who again, like bros, had dropped the cruet of wine, shattering it on a marble floor in the middle of mass. But the priest, all right, the priest, uh, who was Bishop John Spaulding, he reacted differently to this altar boy. He bent down next to him and whispered these words, someday you will be just as I am. That altar boy grew up and became Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Some of you got to be a little older to remember him, but he was a renowned theologian who won an Emmy 
for the most outstanding television personality from his weekly religious broadcast. And he was featured on the cover of Time Magazine being one of the most influential Catholic leaders in the 20th century. I'm not saying that this experience only, but I'm sure this positive experience that he had as, as, a, as a youngster, all right, increased his confidence in the church and it paved the way for him to have an extraordinary ministry. And so confidence begins within, but often uh, the confidence that is insipid in our lives is developed and shaped from our environment in our childhood experiences. Secondly, confidence also grows by accomplishment. First of all, confidence begins within my attitude about myself, the attitude about you. But secondly, confidence grows by accomplishment. Now, if you recall last week, I shared a story to you about Dr. Ben Carson, who was dubbed the dummy by his fifth grade class, who went on to become the renowned doctor who headed the pediatric uh, neurosurgeon uh, department at John Hopkins Hospital and became the first doctor to successfully separate uh, the Siamese, Siamese twins uh, who, who uh, were joined together uh, by uh, their hip, all right? And I recall as a result of how he was being treated at his school, all right, uh, that his fifth grade class, they, they considered him to be the dummy, all right? That's what they called him, the dummy. And his mother, out of her concern, of his treatment at school, all right? She made he and his brother start going to the public library and writing her two book reports every week, two books reports every week, going to the library. And so one day in his science class, he was the only one in the class who could answer the teacher's question and explain everything about it, all right? Carson's mother, who only had a third grade education and could not even read the reports her sons brought to her every week. She was the primary catalyst who was the means of positive conditioning, which contributed to Dr. Carson taking control of his life at a young age and building up his confidence by accomplishment, all right? Even for ourselves and for you, for yourself, when you accomplish small things and move from accomplishing small things, goals to bigger goals in life, those accomplishments build your confidence. When you take a look at on your job, some of your progression uh, from one position, starting at a very entry level position, moving on to supervisory roles, uh, being put into middle management, some of you uh, possibly even made to the C-suite, all right? But all of your accomplishments help build those experiences, built confidence, all right, in yourself and what you're able to do. And a lot of times you just have to take control of your life as well because you got to ignore what other folks think about you, what they say about you, how they look at you, and you got to take control of yourself. And again, you determine your attitude about you. And so as you accomplish things in life, that instills and builds confidence. It grows confidence in you from going from one success to another success. That brings confidence to you. So in turning to David, 
You might want to write this down real quick, though. Accomplishments from prior experiences fuel confidence for future feats. Again, accomplishments from prior experiences fuel confidence for future feats. So build, continue to build confidence in yourself from one success to the other because accomplishments from prior experiences fuel confidence for future feats. And I'm sure, <coughs> excuse me, for, for Ben Carson, as he was able to excel, he became the top in his sixth grade class and went on again, went to Yale University, uh, another extraordinary medical school as well. One accomplishment uh, caused confidence to be instilled and it led on to greater success. So accomplishments from prior experiences fuel confidence for future feats. So in turning to David, let's look at David. We come then to a fourth insight or principle, okay, for confronting gigantic challenges. And this fourth principle is simply this. You have to recall and reminisce on past success. You have to recall and reminisce on past success. In other words, you build up confidence when you acknowledge your past accomplishments, all right? Because accomplishments from prior experiences fuel confidence for future feats. And so when you recall and reminisce on past successes, what you're doing is you're building up confidence. Every time you, you achieve something, celebrate it. Acknowledge your past accomplishments. Now, the RE, all right, in the word, the beginning of the word recall and reminisce means to bring an idea or an image from the past into your mind, all right? To recall, to reminisce, to bring an idea or an image from the past into your mind. In recalling, we bring back into our mind a fact, an event, or a situation. We remember something either that we learned or experienced it just in recalling, okay? In reminiscing, we look back on something. We sort of take a trip down memory lane, all right? Going down memory lane. Some things you don't want to go, don't want to remember on memory lane, but some things are so precious uh, that, uh, that you just thank God for. And so reminiscing is taking a trip back down memory lane. But here's what's crucial in building confidence is that we have to recall and reminisce on the positive past, right? Don't linger so much in the negative past. Learn from it, deal with the frustration from it, uh, work through the emotion of it. But to build confidence, you have to recall and reminisce on the positive past in your life. And so it is with your past successes to remember them. This is what David drew on when having to decide to face this challenge. David recalled his experience with the lion and the bear. Look at it again, verse 34 and 36. And David said unto Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear. I took a lamb and he took, uh, they took a lamb. 
out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of its mouth, out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Your servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. All right. David recalled his experience with the lion and the bear. Yet it's important, and I want you to see this here. It's important to see that David's true confidence, though, went beyond himself, went beyond believing in himself, went beyond confidence in himself to a greater confidence in who, and you already know it, God. Look at verse 37, and David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And so as it was with David, so it can be with us. But it's David that wrote in the 27th Psalm, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? All right, because you got to dismantle fear. Remember that? You got to dismantle fear, first of all. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. He is my courage. All right, he gives me the courage that I need. All right. The Lord is the strength of my life of whom I shall, whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Look at verse three and listen to it closely. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. That's what he told Saul and the Israelite army. Don't let your heart, all right? Don't let your heart collapse, all right? Let, don't lose courage in your heart. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me. That's where they were right here. All right. In 1 Samuel 17, a war was going on. A war was about to be enacted. A conflict, a battle was about to ensue. He says, the war should rise against me. In this will I be confident because of who his God is. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Now, just as David protected the flock from the lion and bear, which was by courage and confident faith in God, so was it required to eliminate this threat called Goliath, the gigantic challenge facing the Israelite army and its king Saul. Now, theologically, this was actually a precursor of his later responsibility of becoming shepherd over Israel. This right here, this moment right here was in similitude as it was with Jesus in the wilderness. You all recall when Jesus was in the wilderness, Matthew chapter four, Satan came to him, tempting him at all many different things, all right? Tempting him three times. And Jesus successfully, all right, withstood and countered the temptation of the enemy, of Satan. And that was very important to happen because Jesus in the wilderness had to counter the failure of Adam, the first Adam, the first man in the garden, okay? And so that was the precursor. That was the defining moment, if you will, 
that catapulted Jesus in coming forth and standing forth out of that wilderness victorious to become the savior of, our, of, of God's people. For he withstood, he endured, and he passed the test that Adam failed in the garden. Jesus passed it in the wilderness. And so that was a precursor of him uh, countering the effect of what took place in the garden with Adam. And so here, theologically, this here is the precursor. What is going to take place here, it's a precursor as of David moving into his responsibility as ruler over God's people, over his shepherd Israel, the shepherd of the sheep of his father, all right? Great responsibility, the protector of the sheep of his father. This is a precursor uh, to his moving on to what God had been positioning and transi transitioning him to. And so when Saul challenged David's credentials, in verse 33 again, Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are nothing but a youth. But this man, this Philistine, since his youth, has been a man of war from his youth. When Saul challenged David's credentials, David remembered what happened to the lion and the bear. You might need to type in the comment section right here. Never forget the lion and the bear. Never forget the lion and the bear. You have to reminisce and recall on the past successes and really on what the Lord has done for you. Never forget the lion and the bear. In a sermon on this passage, uh, Charles Spurgeon uh, spoke about some of these things right here. And this is what he said. He said, we ought not to be unmindful of the way by which the Lord our God has led us. For if we are, we shall lose much. Some saints have very short memories. It has been well said that we write our benefits in dust and our injuries in marble. And it is equally true that we generally inscribe our afflictions upon brass while the records of the deliverances of God are written in water. It ought not so to be. If our memories were more tenacious of the merciful visitations of our God, our faith would often be strengthened in times of trial. And all I'm saying to you is that you've got to recall and reminisce on your past successes, all right? David saw Goliath as a roaring lion and a charging bear. But we know what the word of the Lord tells us what to do, all right? When, when we face the, 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 the enemy, the devil, uh, Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he wrote, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And then he says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. All right. So David saw this as an easy match. Number one, because, hey, he's such a big target. How can I miss? All right. But number two, because of his courage and confidence he had, that helped him through. But when he remembered about what the Lord did, when he remembered how the Lord delivered him, 
and the sheep from the mouth of the lion and the bear. David had been building up confidence. David was well suited and ready to go and fight against this Goliath, this giant, this challenging, formidable force against the armies of Israel. Here's today's takeaway. Here's today's takeaway. Our confident strength to deal with today's challenges comes from remembering how God solved yesterday's struggles. You get that? Our confident strength to deal with today's challenges comes from remembering how God solved yesterday's struggles. The stuff of yesterday, we got to recall and remember how God solved all that stuff. Our confident strength, you might want to write that down yourself. Our confident strength to deal with today's challenges comes from remembering how God solved yesterday's struggles. Sometimes you just need to schedule a rehearsal party. Uh, tell somebody we got to have a rehearsal party. Sometimes you just got to schedule a rehearsal party. You know, y'all have rehearsals for everything before the play, uh, before the wedding, have rehearsals. But sometimes you got to have a different kind of rehearsal party. You got to rehearse over and over again the fact that God brought you out. You got to think on the time that he brought you through. You got to recall how he brought you over. Sometimes you got to think about and remember how he brought you out from down and under. You got to have a rehearsal party to remember and reminisce on what God and how God brought you out and how God brought you through. You might even have to erect some kind of stones as it was for the children of Israel, the memorial stones that were in the middle of the, of the Jordan River, and then the, the stones that were uh, perched and made as an altar on uh, the other side of the river. It was a reminder to them that every time when they came there and in generations even to come when the children would see those stones, they would ask him, what do these stones mean? It caused them to remember, to recall and reminisce of how the Lord came through and delivered us, how the Lord brought us out. Not only did you have the Passover to remember how God brought you out, but God made you cross over. And those stones were a reminder of how the Lord successfully caused them to cross over mis uh, miraculously across the Jordan River to go into the promised land to gain the victory that God had promised to them. So whatever you do, never forget the lion and the bear. Whatever happens, how tough it gets, don't forget how the Lord brought you out the last time. But today's challenges can be counted by confident strength and faith in the God and knowing that he was able to solve yesterday's problems. He can solve my problems today. I hope this has helped somebody on this Sunday morning. Don't leave nowhere. Come on, be back here with me. Meet me again next Sunday. We'll pick back up from this point for more insights on how to confront gigantic challenges because many are being faced with some stuff today. But know again that God is able. He did it once before, he can do it again. So no matter what it looks like, it may not be a lion, it may not be a bear, it may not be somebody by the name of Goliath, but whatever it is, oh my God, through courage and the promise of God, confidence 
in the strength of God that will give us what we need to counter and be confronted and to confront and face today's challenges because of how God solved that crazy stuff on yesterday. My friend, I want you to be encouraged, be strengthened in the strength of the Lord. And though war rise against you, you can say that in this, you will be confident because of the confident faith you have in the God who is the strength of our life. And he is the one that will always bring us into victory and bring us through every trial and every trouble. Let me pray with you, especially somebody here may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You may not know the one who uh, won the greatest victory for us, and that's the victory over sin. Sin is the biggest uh, giant that anybody has to face. But Jesus Christ defeated sin on a cross called Calvary, on a cross uh, that was uh, upon the hill, Calvary. And because of his dying on the cross, he defeated sin on the cross, and he also defeated death. The Bible declares that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that life comes through the cross of Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed on that cross. And if you want to have confident strength uh, to face so many of the challenges that we have today, Jesus Christ is the one that you need to have on your side. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life, uh, repeat and pray this prayer after me. God, I come before you, a sinner that needs to be saved. I know I cannot save myself, but I know who the Savior is. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And I receive him into my heart today. Come, sit on the throne of my heart. Take my life. Use me as you will. I thank you for the blood that Jesus shed, that I might have life and a part of the tree of life. And my friend, if you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, God heard you and God saved you and God has so much more in store for you. And if you prayed that prayer, we want to know, please text 76762317-676-0134. Again, on the ticker on the bottom of the screen, text 7672-676, I'm sorry, 317-676-0134. And in the comments section on the Digital Connect card, let us know that you prayed that prayer. We want to be an encouragement to you, to be a help to you along your spiritual journey. So let us know if you prayed that prayer. My friend, for everyone else today, be encouraged in God and know that there is no trial that you cannot triumph. And there is no challenge that you cannot have victory in. When you have confidence, not only in yourself, but more confidence in who God is and what the Lord is able to do. And so never forget the lion and the bear in your life that God delivered you from. We'd love to connect with you. 
And again, anyone that wants to be a part of our online church community, you, again, you can text that uh, 76762-317-676-0134 and let us know that you want to be a part of our online church and you may have a prayer request. And you can also leave that in the comments section. We would love uh, to give an opportunity to sow and to share in our ministry. There are four ways that you can do that and you can give at any time in any amount. No amount is too small. No amount is too great. Firstly, it's through Cash App. And that's dollar sign, C-O-F-C-O-G-I-C, dollar sign, C-O-F-C-O-G-I-C through Cash App. Secondly, you can also give by way of Givelify. That is a mobile giving app. And uh, just uh, do a search for Citadel of Faith, Church of God in Christ. And that's Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. And there is a blue bar in our, our Facebook page here. You tap that blue bar. Uh, once we close out today, that will take you directly to the Givelify mobile app. And again, you can select the amount and you can give uh, when you'd like to share in ministry with us. Also, you can give by way of PayPal. That again is to Citadel of Faith, Church of God in Christ. And we also can receive by way of mail as well. And that's 7676 East 38th Street, Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm certainly glad that you are with us today. But this doesn't have to be the last time or the only time. You can always take us along with you for you can have spiritual inspiration and biblical teaching on the go uh, by uh, downloading our podcast, uh, Journey to the Citadel. And you can find us on Spotify, on Apple and Google Podcasts, Soundbreaker, iHeartRadio, Pandora, also on our church website at citadelkojic.com. That's citadelkojic, C-O-G-I-C, citadelkojic.com. There is a tab that you can, that reads uh, a podcast and you can pick up uh, some teaching and have it to go along with you as well. Like us here on Facebook, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's at citadelkojic, at citadelkojic. So you can find us there on Instagram uh, and Twitter. And uh, we're also all over the world. Uh, so you can check us out and connect with us. And as I leave uh, you today, uh, please recommend us and uh, let somebody know and uh, share uh, this with them today that they can be strengthened and encouraged in their walk uh, with you. And again, meet me back here again next Sunday at the same time at 11 o'clock uh, in the morning. And I hope uh, you didn't lose too much sleep from uh, losing an hour of sleep last night. But we'll continue on our journey in dealing with confronting gigantic challenges. Lady Rita and I love you, but God certainly loves you more. Have a tremendous Lord's Day. And until next time, if you can believe, that's what Jesus said, all things are possible. Peace.